Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.exzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm your host, Larry Lawson, welcoming you back for our continuing journey into the unknown as we try to discover what really exists on the other side. And I'm coming to you, as always, from the studios of the X-Zone Radio and Television Broadcast Network in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And I'm speaking to you from the studios of the Southern Command Post of the X-Zone Nation in beautiful Vero Beach and Felsmere, Florida. Uh, and it's uh, terrific to be back. Uh, don't know about the rest of the country, but we've been getting some terrible rain down here, and it's finally broke, so I'm happy about that. And I'm also really, 
really happy about our guest tonight, a gentleman named Ike Enzi, uh, the founder of IDK Paranormal. Ike is a uh, career law enforcement officer who began his career working in corrections. While in corrections, he attained the rank of lieutenant and became the special operations team commander of a 1,000-bed facility. He later joined the sheriff's department located where he lives and became a road patrol deputy, later being promoted to sergeant. After some years, Ike accepted a position with the 7th Judicial Circuit District Attorney's Office of New Mexico as a senior investigator, where he spent approximately six years. He then accepted a position as lieutenant with the city of Moriarty, New Mexico Police Department, where he was later promoted to captain and is currently serving as their chief of police. Ike's going to be retiring in December 2019 with 26 years of service to his community. During his time, he has witnessed many unusual events. As a child, he lived in a haunted 200-year-old farmhouse in Bavaria, Germany, and that helped fuel his interest in the paranormal. And this interest continued as he lived in a haunted house in New Mexico and having strange experiences as a logger working in the mountains of the Southwest. As a deputy sheriff, he's twice taken calls regarding animal mutilations and was ordered by his higher authorities not to investigate further. But he did anyway. During his career as a law enforcement officer, Ike has responded to calls regarding UFOs, tree people, disembodied voices at death scenes, satanic, pagan, and occult rituals, and reports of other haunted places. During his investigations of the paranormal, Ike has gained good results in his collection of electronic voice phenomenon, also known as EVPs. Ike Enzi, welcome to Paranormal Stakeout, my friend. Hi, Larry, and uh, thank you for having me on your show, and hello to everybody from the great Southwest. Yeah, the, the Southwest, interesting, interesting place. I want to talk a, a bit more about that. Um, a career brother law enforcement officer uh, that's also involved in this field of paranormal research and investigation. How, tell us how a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this type of uh, work. Well, um, like you said in the beginning, you know, I grew up in a, a pretty old farmhouse in Germany at constantly had things go bump in the night and even as a young child it piqued my interest and uh, my parents are pretty open-minded you know and we openly discussed ghosts and stuff like that so that got me started really young mm-hmm. but out here in the southwest uh, there's a lot of different cultures and, and things that happen out here that just don't happen anywhere else uh, and uh, when I got into even even before I got into law enforcement uh, living in a haunted house in a little town here which was pretty crazy and um and then when i got got into logging i logged for about six years in these mountains out here and there's there would things would happen that you just could not explain and everybody's seen it and everybody just accepted it and you know, most people just tend to look the other way and i'd be the one looking at it well i i gotta stop you there and ask you such a such as what caught people's eyes you would see uh, the native americans here especially the navajos have a, a legend of skinwalkers mm-hmm. and uh there, there were so many stories when we were logging over in the Gallup area, which is a Navajo reservation right on the Arizona border. And, uh, you know, I never paid a whole lot of attention to skinwalkers and Native American legends. But when I was logging over there, they employed a lot of locals and a lot of Navajos were working over there with us. And they started telling us these stories and uh, you started looking around. And um, I personally have not seen a skinwalker, but I could probably tell you three people that have. And generally that's... Um, Two of them were in the shape of coyotes, 
And these people saying they're driving down the road at nighttime and they look out the window and there's a coyote keeping pace with you. And at first that's not unusual until they realize they're doing 50, 60 miles an hour. <laughs> and, you know, and that, those stories are abundant out here. And I, I have not seen a skinwalker, but uh, trust me, there's, there's really strange things that happen on the reservations, um, especially, especially the Navajo reservation. I mean, they're police, you know, in my career in law enforcement, I got to know a lot of Navajo rangers. Uh-huh. And they're they're actually tasked tasked with responding to paranormal calls. They take them serious. You know they have they have their own version of Bigfoot, and if they get a call from one of the natives on the reservation saying there's a Bigfoot sighting, they have to actually go out and investigate it. So there's a lot of unique things that happen on the res. And when I was logging in that area, you would come across things. Uh, you know we've seen weird lights in the skies. We've seen mm-hmm. weird lights in the forest line. He'd be driving along and there'd be a bright light in the forest pulsating and um, he'd slow down and look at it and it would just kind of phase out and you know there's nothing back there we're 40 50 miles back in the woods um animals that you can't explain running across the road um a quick story <laughs> uh, okay. a lot of the areas where we were logging there were archaeological digs because before the logging company could go in there archaeologists archaeologists would go in there and make sure you know we're not disturbing any ancient grounds or anything like that mm-hmm. and uh the guy I worked with was snooping around in one of their digs and found a, a bone, and it, presumably it was um, part of a femur. Mm-hmm. And he take he took it home with him, and I told him that's a bad idea. And about two days later, it was over the weekend. The next day, not not the next day, the next work day, Monday. He's up in the mountains very early in the morning, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I took this bone back," and I'm like, "Why?" And he's just describing that he's had nothing but bad luck. There was an owl perched on his car when he got up this morning and very superstitious guy. And uh, he took it back and he says, the bad luck went away. The bad things stopped happening. So a lot of weird stuff happens out there. Now, that, that's interesting because I'm way down, in, as you know, in the, the southeast part of the U.S. in Florida. And uh, a lot of my work as a law enforcement officer, I actually taught cults, uh, occult and cult-related uh, crime scenes to law enforcement officers down here. And we have a lot of folks that are involved, uh, a lot of phenomena involved in the Africa, Afro-Caribbean cults, uh, voodoo, Santeria, Palomayombe, that type of thing. Can you tell me how that kind of, does it relate to the things that you worked with in, uh, with, in the reservations and whatnot? Uh, I've never actually worked in reservations as law enforcement, but it bleeds over. And as far as any kind of voodoo-type ritual activity, I've only encountered it once. And we couldn't track it down where it was coming from, but somebody was taking a cow tongue and sticking it in a velvet bag with hair and nailing it to this person's person's door who they suspected was a rat. He was ratting them out. Uh-huh. And they brought, it, they brought it to me when I was a DA investigator, and I tried to follow up on it. But uh, I took it to the state lab, and then they, they seemed to think that it was – some kind of cult from back east because it's very unusual for that kind of thing to happen out here. And generally, we have a lot of satanic cults, especially in the early 90s. Um, there was quite think, a few of those out here. Yeah, I think we all had that in the early 90s. I know why. Uh, uh, like you, I was a prosecutor's investigator for many years uh, down here. And I got that's where I got involved in, in the ve- investigation of a lot of occult and satanic related crimes. So I think that was all over. Uh, the country in the early 90s, at least uh, it seemed like it was. Um, you've done a lot of things as a cop. 
Uh, <laughs> I feel uh, old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, thank you for your service. 26 years. Thank you for your service. And I know yes. the, the people of New Mexico appreciate it. Um, but as, as a cop out there, I mean, I have this, this vision in my mind of, of, you know, just traveling the miles and miles of open road with nothing on either side of you, no houses, no, and then having something strange occur out there. Am I kind of exaggerating that in my mind or is that what it was like working out there and maybe experiencing some of these, uh, paranormal events? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the County I worked for as a deputy is 4,000 square miles. And on a good night, there was four of us out. And, uh, those 4,000 square miles probably had seven or so municipalities in them, and only one of them or two of them had law enforcement, which was usually one officer. So mm-hmm. as a deputy, you would respond. It wasn't unusual to respond 50 miles in one direction just to turn around and run code back the other way. And in between could be, you know, vast open spaces of desert, mm-hmm. no light, no houses. And we also, the same county also has a mountain chain that runs through it. It's the tail end of the Rocky Mountains. So... On the same token, you may find yourself up in the mountains in pine forest and pinyon forest, and there's no backup. I mean, you're the only person up there by yourself, and you're the Lone Ranger, and you see a lot of weird stuff. We're getting ready to take our break in just a, a, about a minute and a half here, but what is probably the strangest thing that you paranormalize that you encountered as a law enforcement officer out there in the Southwest? There are, there are many many stories I had, Larry, and, and a lot of them are pretty strange. Some of them are lengthy, but, you know, anything anything from the, the two cattle mutilations that you've mentioned to actually trying to chase down a UFO to uh, strange aircraft sightings, uh, that bunch of us that be seen in one night, um, to people claiming there's tree people. I, I coined the term tree people because there was a period of about eight months where we started getting random calls throughout the county where people would look out the window and recognize people up in their trees. and um, Like the humanoid people? They identified them as humans human in their trees? Yeah, human people wearing camouflage. And it was so extreme that several, I can think of two of them, that actually had discharged weapons at them. Oh. <laughs> in, uh, in one case, there was a person whose tree people were underneath his house, and he started shooting up the floorboards in, the, in his house. And, you know, we suspected this guy may, may be on methamphetamines or something, but he turned out to be... Uh, a professor out of Albuquerque he was pretty pretty smart guy. He was just convinced there was something underneath his house. Interesting. And did he discharge a firearm also? Yes. Oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. Yeah. Well, when we're getting ready to take our break here in just a second. When we come back, I want to talk to you more about some of the things that you've seen, particularly those cattle mutilations. Folks, Great. stay with us. I'm with Ike Enzi, Chief of Police, Moriarty, uh, New Mexico. And we're going to be back with him in just a minute. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions. 
offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with my guest tonight, Ike Enzi, the founder of IDK Paranormal out of uh, the great southwest of the United States, New Mexico in particular. And Ike is a brother law enforcement officer, and uh, we've been talking about some of the strange strange events and one thing that caught me in your bio your bio that i read was uh, the the uh, cattle mutilations yeah. now we we've all heard about that anybody in the paranormal field uh, you know has heard about cattle mutilations generally attached to i guess ufo's but you've actually encountered them and ordered not to investigate got to got to ask you more about that one yeah it's it's a it's pretty bizarre and, uh, you know, there's quite a few big ranches out here, and uh, cattle loss is kind of an accepted thing for these guys. And, and for the most part, they don't really care. I think they just write them off on their mm-hmm. insurance. But I got into this uh, in between two towns. Uh, we got a call of a, a cow that was laying in the field, and that's something not, not usually a call we're going to take. But the, the thought was that somebody had driven by and shot at it and killed it from the roadway. So we were looking into it. And that was my first mutilation call I went to, and I went— being another uh, deputy went to look at it and this cow was um it was a black steer and he was fairly bloated but the odd part was he had one ear missing one eye missing his mouth was wide wide open and the tongue was cut off as far back as you could get straight back mm-hmm. uh, his anus had been cored which is an empty hole there and uh, his scrotum was removed and it looked like a figure eight almost like an infinity sign where his scrotum used to be in his laser cut smooth no blood around, no footprints, no tire marks, no animal tracks. So I documented the area really well and you know, treated it like a crime scene. I was kind of mm-hmm. a rookie deputy. Wrote up a nice report and uh, I approached the sheriff and I told the sheriff, I'm like, what the heck's going on? The sheriff's a rancher himself. And I said, he, goes, he said, well, it's just another dead cow. And I'm like, well, this is more than a dead cow. You know, something, something really messed this cow up. And back then we were kind of thinking maybe it's satanic activity. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you ever approached a, a range steer. They're not really easy to sneak up, sneak up on, and they're not really friendly either. So it'd be pretty hard to put one down and, and do all this to him. And plus, he had no uh, indication on how he was killed. There was no bullet hole or anything like that. Throat so, wasn't slit? No, not at all. 
And um, so, like I said, I read up the, wrote up the report and uh, I approached the sheriff with it because I was really into this stuff. I'm like, wow, cattle mutilation here. I've heard of them before, but never actually seen one. And I was given a direct order not to investigate that kind of stuff anymore. And you know as well as I do, being a law enforcement officer, you know, back in those days, uh, as a as a police officer, the paranormal was frowned upon. And, you know, yeah. even to your fellow officers, I mean, you had a few good friends that you were like, man, I seen something weird last night. But you were really careful who you would maybe out here in the southwest for sure. You were really careful who you would tell stuff to because word would get back to the upper rank and, you know, they'd send you off for a fit for duty psych. Um, <laughs> It, they wouldn't yeah. hesitate at all. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you had to be really careful who you talk to about this stuff. So when the when the sheriff ordered me, you know, I need to stop, stop investigating this stuff, quit being stupid, and just do a dead cow report so he can collect insurance. I'm like, all right, but I was I was way too curious for that stuff, and I started interviewing people and talking to ranchers, mm-hmm. and there was a correlation between the mutilations and helicopters, and it was usually like the big Huey helicopters. Uh, in most cases, there was a helicopter heard the night before, flying low, rattling windows, chopping up the air. Uh, almost everybody told me that. Yep, last night I heard a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So, so the second one I had, I found by luck. There was a there's a little town called Mountain Air, and uh, there was an officer working there, and she was a female officer, and she told her boyfriend worked as, as a ranch hand on a ranch, and he was there talking to her when I pulled up. And we started talking about the first cow I seen. And he goes, well, you want to see another one? I'm like, absolutely. So he takes me out to his ranch, which is south of that town, quite a ways out there. And he takes me up to his same situation, big black cow laying on the ground. And once again, I start photographing it and documenting it. And it was identical. You know, ear was missing, one eye was missing, anus cord, testicles were missing, the tongue's cut off way in the back. He's bloated. And not a track to be found, not even his own tracks. It's, you know, like he walked up and fell over and died there. There wasn't, there wasn't even any tracks of, of the cow itself. He was just laying there and untouched by other animals, which mm-hmm. is bizarre too, because out here we, you know, we have tons of coyotes out here, and usually dead stuff doesn't last very long. And vultures, they usually start picking on this stuff. And this, this cow looked like he'd been down probably four or five days because he was really, really bloated already. But nothing's touching him. So. Did, Once again, did, did the ran, did the ranch hand tell you how he found the cow or how he discovered it? Was it out in the middle of the range or was it near near where he was working? Um, I don't remember exactly how he said he found it. He, you know, they they checked the fences out there all the time, and somehow he came across it. Um, but yeah, I don't remember exactly how he said he found it. He was a young kid himself. He was probably like eighteen years old. Uh, so you go back and tell the boss this again, I assume. No, I did not. <laughs> I, I told my friends, you know, I had a deputy, and me and him both were into this kind of stuff, and we we decided we we're going to continue doing what we got to do because it's somebody's out there killing cows and doing it really strangely, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what's going on. I mean, what's causing the stuff, but that's the only two I've had out here. That I well, yeah, that's true. Now we you know we have of course Florida's a big cattle state too, and we've had some reports, but none none quite as specific as what you described. When and I, I got to just ask you this question: when the when the sheriff told you not to investigate it, what was his demeanor? And what I mean by that is, was he kid? You got other things to do, or was he seriously not wanting you to be looking into it further? If you get my drift. Yeah, I know where you, where you're going, and and, and most. I, I, I sensed more like, you know, you have more important things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was an elderly guy. You know, he was late 60s probably and, and a rancher. And 
very religious. You know, you couldn't talk ghosts or anything like that because he would just think you're crazy. And he would uh -huh. threaten you. You know, if you mention ghosts around me, I will send you to be recyped. And that's never a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah. In those days. <laughs> yeah, it was a career so, killer back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah. So you would just, you know, you just figured out really quick that the sheriff doesn't play. He doesn't want to hear that kind of stuff. And you just didn't bring it to his attention anymore. Interesting. So you've, the cattle mutilation is very interesting. What the, did you equate, you didn't equate it to satanic belief, uh, rituals, obviously. You know, I, I, we tried to make that correlation at first, thinking maybe it's the satanic people, but it makes no sense. Once again, it's really hard to catch one of those cows and then to cut them up the way they did without, you know, some kind of wound where they killed them. It's, we, we couldn't even figure out what actually killed the cow to begin with. Uh, pretty strange. I mean, yeah, we thought satanic at first, but then what, you got, that, what was your gut feeling? I, you know, gut feelings, I don't, I don't know, because then the helicopters got involved when I started digging, digging into it. And I'm thinking, why helicopters? And um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I okay. really couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Yeah, uh, okay, so we've got cattle mutilations. What Skinwalkers, that's an interesting one. But kind of a side note here, I've, I've really wanted to find out if many, many members of the Native American community – have become involved in investigating these uh, events or these uh, legends from from the paranormal research side. Is that common? Do they investigate it, or is it just too taboo? I, you know, one of my officers, he's brand new, he's still a rookie, and he's he's Navajo native. And we're not close to any reservation here. The reservation is you know over 200 miles away, so we're not living anywhere near any natives. So I, I don't, I can't speak for them, but mm -hmm. the natives that I do know, they're very cautious. You know they want they want to talk about skinwalkers. They have a different word for skinwalker. They don't call it skinwalker, mm -hmm. but but Dare believes us. If you talk about it, you'll conjure it. <laughs> it'll it'll come to fruit. So they tend to not talk about stuff like that. Well, that's it's interesting you said that. And part of the reason I asked was I was able to spend some time up in Farmington, up in the Four Corners area of New Mexico. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, I taught a, a law enforcement class up there, and I found the same thing. Because obviously, I started asking questions, and I I found a lot of the um, uh, the, the Anglo cops. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. We've seen strange stuff, but folks that were from the Native American community just didn't, and that's right. why I was wondering if that's that's generally how it was. Interesting. Some, some of the younger generation, you know, they're less uh, into native traditions. They'll discuss it more freely. But in the most part, even them, they'll, they're very cautious what they say. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's mostly due to their religious, their religious beliefs, I, yes. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, you also mentioned, too, uh, a couple of minutes ago about not talking to your brother and sister officers about this. And I agree with you back in the day. But do you find that different now? Do you find that the folks are more open to talking about it? Absolutely. And I'd like to think I had a little bit of a part in it once I started becoming, you know, command level. And I mm -hmm. let my troops know <clears throat> that it's okay to discuss stuff like that. Debrief and tell me, you know, what you've seen. Not mm -hmm. only because I was interested, but I wanted to know that they, they can talk about this stuff without being judged. And, um, yeah, it, it's much more open now there many more people discuss it now and it's it's actually great i have officers come to me and tell me stories all the time you know we were just calling this happened or that happened so yeah it's actually pretty fun now well i, I there was a story it was on the internet oh gosh it must have been about two two and a half years ago now it was a police department in new mexico that they were watching the uh, surveillance cameras in their fenced-in compound uh and actually caught something walking through the fence 
Did, yes. did you remember that story at all? Yeah, that was Las Vegas, New Mexico, and I, I knew some of those officers. Yeah, and they'll that, they'll swear to that. They'll <laughs> yeah, that was couldn't be explained. To, to, so there's, I don't think anybody's actually debunked that that I know of has debunked mm -hmm. that, and uh, you know it's it's coming from from cops and like a, like you said back when we started, you started talking about those sort of things. Um, you you got sent off to uh, get yourself evaluated, and that was never a good career move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's not good. Go ahead, sir. No, no, after you. I was going to say, uh, you asked me, you know, about some of the better stories. And uh, our sheriff's department for the county I worked for was built, I think, in the well, 60s. Well, before you get into that story, and I want to hear it, uh, we're about ready to take our next break. Okay. So uh, why don't you hang on to that? Folks, I'm with Ike Enzi from Moriarty, New Mexico, my guest tonight on Paranormal Stakeout. We're going to be back right after these messages and, and hear some other stories about the great Southwest. So stay with us. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you wanna be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello 
Costello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. And we are back on Paranormal Stakeout. My guest tonight, Ike Enzi, founder of IDK Paranormal out of New Mexico in the great southwest of the USA. Ike, just before the break, I had to cut you off. You're about ready to get into, a, I think, a really interesting story here. You want to take it sure. from the top? Yes, no worries. Um, so I'm a brand new deputy. I just got out of law enforcement academy and uh, the sheriff's department was built in the 60s because prior to it, the old building had burned down and that was the last place New Mexico had hanged anybody. There was three public hangings in, in the old sheriff's department. And it burned down in the 50s and they built a new one on the same property. So this building was fairly old and it was part of a jail too that wasn't used anymore. And uh, you, you talk about haunted. That place, um, you know, we had a female deputy and I was parked down the road one night. And she worked nights and I heard her check out at the station. About five minutes later, she pulls up to me in her car and she's white and she goes, there's something wrong with this place. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, uh, cell doors are opening and closing in there. And I left everything behind. And can you go follow me in there to get my stuff? I'm like, sure. I got my interest. So I go in there and I didn't see anything that night. But, you know, she ended up quitting about two months later because of that. That place, yeah. you could be in there doing reports. And I think I mentioned before uh, to you that I learned about EVPs, you know, back when Art Bell was on the air many, many, many years ago. So I mean, they're doing reports and we still have the old uh, micro cassette recorders. Oh, so I'm like, I'll put this micro cassette recorder on my desk while I'm knocking out a report. And I started picking you're, up EVPs. You're dating yourself. You realize I know, that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd catch EVPs on that stuff. Me and my other fellow deputy was in also this. And, you know, it, it it's really sounds too fantastic almost, but lights would turn on and off. The cell door would slam shut. Uh, the bathroom faucets would turn on by themselves. You would always hear voices. Uh, and then the, the, the good part, the best part about the story that I like, and I got off at 3.30 in the morning. And my partner got off at 2.30 in the morning, and it was payday time, and he forgot to do his timesheet. And I was a sergeant already then. And he goes, hey, Sarge, can you turn in my timesheet? And that place was so scary. We had a rule of thumb. Nobody would go there by themselves. It was always like, you know, take somebody with you. <laughs> but since, since he was going home and we're about 10 miles away from the SO, I'm like, all right, I guess I'll do it. So I drive down there, and as I'm driving to the SO, I already have this feeling, SO, Sheriff's Department. As I'm driving down there, I just have this bad feeling like, you know, this this is really bad. I hate this. And I pull up to the entrance where deputies usually enter in the back area, and uh, I get out of my unit, and my hands and my hair on my arms are tingling, and I'm like, I got a really, really bad feeling. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in through the front door. So I get back in my unit to drive around to the public entrance, and I had a key since I was a sergeant. And I was so nervous, I even left my headlights on so they could shine through the glass doors into the entrance. <laughs> and I, I enter, and I'm going down the hallway with my timesheet. And uh, these, cell, these cells are super old. They're, you know, they were re recycled probably from the 40s, heavy steel doors. Right. And the next thing I hear is a cell door slamming shut. And it was like thunder, just bam, door shut. And it startled me so bad that I temporarily just blacked out sensory overload and and next thing you know i'm crouched down on the corner 
now I have my weapon drawn. And I'm <laughs> hyperventilating. I'm like, what in the heck was that? And I'm about three steps away from the clerk's office door where I could slide the timesheet underneath. And I quickly slid that timesheet underneath there and I walked out backwards. And <laughs> I got back to my unit and I called the other deputy. I'm like, I will never, ever do that again. <laughs> but that was not unusual. That, that kind of stuff happened there all the time. And, you know, it's really amazing. More and more cops are, are, are talking about it, just like we were discussing in the last segment. Um, we, we've even talked about creating a, a, um, an association of law enforcement officers that, that do this type of thing. And I'm really, I'm really shocked. I don't know about how, how you feel about it, but I'm seeing so many of uh, the folks in our profession actually doing this on the side. Yes. Um, but we, I've also had some people say, oh, cops, and they, they won't talk about it anymore. And I kind of got into a discussion with this person online saying, you're, you're wrong. We, we see this stuff. We're out there at night. We're out there in, yeah. in inclement weather. We're out there in some of the most horrible conditions. And I don't even mean weather. I mean the human conditions that you can mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. And it's really, in my opinion, no big surprise that we see this stuff or we feel this stuff. Right. And that's what prompted me to actually start my YouTube channel, IDK Paranormal. Oh, I, have okay. some, that, I have so many cops telling me stories. And I'm like, I want to put these guys on and have them tell their story. Uh, because cops are, you know, it sounds cliche, but they're trained observers. Mm-hmm. And two, the reason they're trained observers is because so many cops have PTSD. I mean, they, you know, where do you sit in the restaurant? In the corner, because you don't trust anybody. Uh, <laughs> you, you never turn your back. So they're very observant just by instinct. They're always mm-hmm. looking around, seeing stuff that most ordinary people would never see. Yeah, and uh, let me ask you this question, too. Uh, people talk, in our own business, we talk about it, just a cop's gut instinct. Mm-hmm. How do you think that relates to the talk of folks being perhaps um, gifted with uh, with being mediums? Do you, you know, I've actually had mediums say, well, of course you feel stuff because you're a cop. Cops feel stuff. You know, we, right. just, we just get used to it. What are your thoughts on that? I'm a firm believer because I think it saved my life twice. In my career, I've been shot at three times. But besides that, I've had two incidents where my sixth sense or something intervened. Uh-huh. And, and I don't know exactly what it is. And I can't put a finger on it. But, yeah, if you have a gut feeling, you better go with it. Yeah. Now, you, you say it actually saved your life. Can, can you tell us how? Is it something you can talk about? Uh, one, one was a, I made a traffic stop mm-hmm. in a little country two-lane road. And generally, I approach from the driver's side because there's no shoulder. And as I get out of my unit, once again, I just get this feeling like this guy's sketchy, you know. And, uh, I decided to do a passenger approach. I walk around behind my unit and approach from the passenger side. And as I look inside the window, he's looking in the mirror and he's got a rifle laying across his lap. Mm. Uh, <laughs> never a good day. And no backup. Yeah. You had no backup. I oh, believe. no. There's, you know, backup was on a, always 30 minutes away in, at the earliest. So, yeah. So, you, you know, gun comes out, commands get shouted and, and um uh, that was one incident. And another incident, real quick, like, is uh, this lady calls 911 saying there's somebody in her backyard. And me and my partner show up. Uh, he's coming from a different area, so I wait for him, and we show, show up at that house together. And we had assumed there was a, uh, a really bad crash earlier that day, and the guy that, the guy that crashed had a suspended license. He's a career criminal. He's had warrants and everything else, but he fled, and we couldn't find him. So we suspected that was him. So we get to the house, and she has a huge backyard in the barn, and the lady's standing on the porch with this flashlight. And she goes, he's my backyard. And we tell her, you know, go back in the house. We'll check the backyard. 
So we're kind of tactically clearing the backyard, and it's just, like I said, this long barn, and I'm walking right along the edge of the barn, and my partner's about two steps behind me to my right. And we're getting to the corner of the barn, and uh, suddenly a piece of bailing wire wraps itself around my feet, and I was essentially hobbled. I couldn't even take another step. I, I can't explain how that happened. And I look at my partner, and I motion him to stop, and I point at my feet, and he looks, and he just gives me this, like, shrugging look, like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I didn't do this on purpose. So I bend down, and as I bend down, my head peeks around the corner, and there's the guy with a two-by-four in his hand. Oh. And if I had taken two more steps, I would have walked right into a two-by-four. So, you know, was that some kind of intervention or what? I never had a wire wrap around my feet like it did, both legs. Strange. <laughs> I just thought it was strange. Wow, yeah, I guess uh, I, I can see that. I've uh, uh, – can any calls any have you what other calls have you had um where you've seen something or experienced something that you just can't explain oh there's there's been many but uh, <laughs> what, just one that stands out yeah um and most of my stories are pretty lengthy so uh, but <laughs> well i mean uh, let me ask you i'll make it simpler easier for you then have you ever actually physically seen uh, either a UFO, a ghost, or or something you just can't explain. Yes, uh, yes to UFOs, and definitely yes to ghosts, as in shadow people. Uh, oh, okay. Lots of shadows, you know, full-grown black apparitions on numerous occasions. All of us, uh, you know, you see somebody walk by, and it's a person, a bipedal person walking past you, and it's just a black shadow. Um, quite often, clearing buildings. Uh, at death scenes. Yeah, clearing buildings. Because, because out here we respond to all medical calls also. Oh, okay. Because uh, it's kind of the Wild West. So if you get a medical call, you know, law enforcement usually gets there and clears the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, quite often. Uh, uh, actual ghosts physically seen a, a apparition? No, but... Oh, I take that back. Yes, I have seen one also. It was a female. Okay. Um, and uh, that was in our PD where I work now, and I was captain at the time. And uh, we had uh, we had two arrests in our cell, and one of them one of them was a female, and I was in my office, and I look up and I see a female walk down the hallway, and I just assumed that was the female that we had in the cell, so mm -hmm. I jump out of my office in full alert, and I'm yelling at some of the officers doing reports. I'm like, "You're 15, which is prisoner. Uh, right. You're 15, just escaped." And they're looking at me like, "What?" I'm like, "Didn't you just see her walking past you?" And I can describe her. She's wearing a turquoise shirt, like white beige-looking pants. Had brown hair, and I didn't know what the female in the cell looked like. I didn't actually ever see her, so I just thought that was her. Uh -huh. So they run over to the cell area. We have two booking cells, and they're like, "No, she's still in there." I'm like, "Then who the heck was that?" And there was nobody there. Uh, no doors open. No doors closed. Uh, that was pretty strange. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, when I like you, I got my start in law enforcement and corrections too, and that's the 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 thing that actually got me. Uh, Interested or or focused on on this type of stuff was I saw an individual walking down the cell block while I was at the control panel. It was you know late at night and uh, swore to God it was our lieutenant. I mean, got the guys up behind me and said, "You know, lieutenant's on the catwalk." And they got out there. There was nobody there. That was uh, in the Dade County Jail down in Miami. So mm -hmm. it's I I can uh, appreciate that. UFOs. What uh, what have you uh, what have you seen UFO wise? We used to get quite a few unidentified flying aircraft calls out here, and they truly could be identified to the point where we would call, but we'd call dispatch, and then dispatch would call Kirtland Air Force Base, which is, you know, as a crow flies, probably 30 miles away, mm -hmm. and uh, they would have nothing in the air, and uh, uh, 
strange light in the sky, a pulsating light in the sky, soundless lights. You know, we'd actually pull over, turn our units off, and just stare at it. I'm like, wow, this <laughs> thing's moving. It's moving like nothing we've got. Uh, well, a lot of, you know, a lot of cops are military guys too, and they're like, oh, never seen anything absolutely. like that before. Well, listen, we've got to take our last break, so stay with us, Ike. And folks, you stay with us, too, uh, while we take this last break, and we'll be back right after these messages. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. And we're back for our final round tonight with my guest, Ike Enzi. Man, Ike, this uh, hour's <laughs> gone pretty darn fast. Yeah, it has. I, will, I do want to make mention, folks, um, 
of all the terrific programming we have on the X-Zone radio and television broadcast network. And I'd invite you to go to www.xzbn.net and check out all the terrific programming, all the great shows on there, including this one, Paranormal Stakeout with yours truly. And you can check uh, me out at www.paranormalstakeout.com, but also at uh, the website of my team down here in Florida, www.paranormalstakeout.com paranormalfbi.com and as far as Ike I'll invite you to go to YouTube and check out IDK Paranormal that's all one word I is an Ida D Delta K Kilo Paranormal on YouTube and, and uh, check out some of his uh, cool stories you know Ike we've, we've spent quite a bit of time and this hour has gone fast we could probably yeah, go for another one but um I've talked to you a lot about the things that have happened and, you know, down here in South Florida, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the time we don't have the wide open spaces you do. Backup is, is fairly close. You guys have to work so often by yourselves. So you've seen a lot of things, but what I haven't asked you yet is what do you think this is? Uh, and we'll start with the, the, the focus that I'm usually, uh, zeroed in on ghosts. What is, what is that phenomenon? What do you think it is? Um, you know, I don't know if it's a, a parallel universe, dimensional slip, time slip. I, I do know they exist, and I've experienced it many times. Uh, ghosts, EVPs, heard voices. Um, and not just me, many, many people. And now that police officers talk about it more freely, you know, they all say, oh, yeah, I remember being at home and this happened, or... Everybody yeah. now has a story. Yeah. And uh, what it is, is I don't know, but in many cases, it's an intelligent response. And uh, I don't know if you've seen my newest video I just posted on YouTube. Uh, I, I caught a pretty good EVP, and I was caught in my mom's house who had passed away two years ago. And the only reason I wasn't at the house is because it was lightning and thundering outside, but caught a great EVP. And if I think it's saying what I hear it's saying and what everybody else is, hear, is hearing, um, it's possible it's my mom. Oh, oh. Yeah, because yeah. she had a nickname. You know, the only person that used to call me Ike uh, was my mom. And, uh, uh, and this EVP was unsolicited. We were just over there shooting our show, and it was, we were not trying to ghost hunt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it just appeared. Well, and you're right. It keeps happening. It's the oldest mystery. If One of the oldest, and not the oldest mystery of mankind, is what is on the other side, and what is this experience that people keep happening? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that I think are trying, and I'd like to count myself as one of them, uh, is trying to figure out what this phenomenon is. I don't know that we ever will, um, but I'd like to put, I, as a cop, as a, somebody that goes to court and wants to prove a case, my view, my vision, if you will, is to be able to prove this case. I don't mm-hmm. know that we ever will, but um, I'd like to at least get us closer to it. You got any thoughts on that, on on uh, how we could get closer? I think, uh, you know, for especially EVPs, there should be some kind of authentication process because mm-hmm. uh, everybody's posting EVPs now and, you know, some might be real, some, you, you just don't know how they were acquired. What are you mm-hmm. using? Uh, what, are, what are the weather conditions, for instance? Uh, there's many factors because I've always thought weather cycles, moon and sun cycles have a lot to do with these things because I've caught EVPs in one place and I've gone back three more times and not caught anything. Uh, so, and, w- and what would be the difference in those other three times, weather or solar conditions? I mean, Weather, you- yeah, time of day, that kind of thing, a different time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as a cop, we've always thought there's certain times of the year where things are just more active. You know, sounds kind of cliche, but Halloween, the month of October, has always been a pretty active month around here, it seems like. Do you think that might be because uh, folks have their uh, the blood up, so to speak, or do you think there's actually something supernatural involved with that? I mean, I think, you look at – go ahead. I think it's a combination of both. I, I think mm-hmm. because so many people are, you know, in that mindset about the paranormal and ghosts and goblins and all that stuff, I think that kind of fuels whatever's on the other side. Okay. Now, being down in New Mexico, and you'll have to excuse my, my ignorance in, in the geography of this, but obviously in the, in the Mexican culture, the Day of the Dead is a pretty significant time in October. Um, do you think that plays a part in this at all? Do you think that... that, that have I you do. Said, it's, it's, it's not really uh, practiced so much here in, in New Mexico. It's more of a Mexican tradition, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of Mexican nationals here that observe that day. I think it's cool myself. Uh, you know, they honor their dead, their past dead people. So, yeah, that, all of that stuff, I think, fuels that. Well, and in, in, in where I where I still work part-time, even though I've uh, been at this 39 years, I still plug at it part-time in the town of <laughs> Felsmere, uh, where I, I still hold a badge. That, the, the city there is um, very Hispanic, and about 80% of the Hispanic population is Mexican. And uh-huh. uh, Halloween's a big time for for them and celebrating the day, uh, day of the dead is is a, is important to them and I think that also is one of the reasons why Felsmere is so active and we've had so much uh, we we've been able to accumulate so much evidence out of there so I I'm kind of answering my own question but I wanted to see how you felt about it I do think that how folks feel about it can enhance the experience enhance what's going on yeah I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. As you know, you know, being a police officer, the majority of people are just living their mundane lives and they really don't care or have time mm-hmm. to pay attention to much of anything. So it's just a select group of people. I think it happens to everybody. Just people choose to ignore it because of their beliefs or they're just too busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Mexican culture in general is, it, it, what's more unique is the Southwestern uh, the Hispanics out here in New Mexico because a lot of the old timers still live on land grants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, their culture, their religion's weird because it's they're predominantly Catholics, but they also adapted and still use old pagan rituals before the Catholic days. So it's not oh. unusual. Yeah, it's not unusual. To, they call them brujas, uh, which is basically a you know witch. Spanish witch doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they still exist out here, and a lot of old people would rather go to see a bruja, a brujo, or a culandera to uh, be checked out rather than go to a doctor. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, in down here, we've got a combination of a lot of folks from the Caribbean, particularly Cuba, and it's a com- combining the um, Catholic belief with uh, uh, some stuff that came over from Africa during the slave days, and we we end up with a thing called a uh, voodoo or santeria, which are kind of two different things, but but all the combination of the two religions together. So that, that's that's fascinating. Didn't realize you had that out there. What do you think about UFOs? I mean, uh, you've obviously had that experience too. UFOs, tree people. What are your thoughts on that? Your philosophy on that? Uh, they're definitely out there, and there's something out there that can't be explained. And uh, if it's a military aircraft, they're definitely having some kind of technology that we have no clue about yet. Uh, my best UFO story is when I was logging, and uh, 
me and my friend were in separate trucks and it's two o'clock in the morning and we're going across near by Socorro, New Mexico, which is where the VLA is, a very large array. Like you've seen the movie Contact where they have all those satellite dishes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's called the VLA. It's it's a huge plateau desert area and uh, the road is straight as an arrow and it's probably 60 miles long and we're coming across there and talking on the CB. Now the corner of my eye, I see a bright light up in the right side of the sky and I, I even asked my buddy, I'm like, what the heck is that? Because I don't know. And so we continued talking, and the lights separated, turns into two. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I want to pull over. He doesn't. And I'm like, look, this is a UFO. They're going to get us whether we're doing 60 or stop. It don't really matter if they really want us. So I convinced him to pull over. We turn our trucks off, and we're standing outside in this summer night or summer morning. It's in front of our trucks, and this, these two lights commence to fly directly over us. And because it's pitch dark out there, you can't, can't really judge what size or high it is. Absolutely no sound, though. And uh, they both stop above our trucks, and then one, one flies the length of the road, and it covers the horizon in probably less than 10 seconds, and it's gone. The other one flies about halfway down the road, makes a sharp 90. Another 90 comes back and blinks out, never to be seen again. Uh, like I said, no sound. You couldn't describe what it was. How, how high up do you think they were? Yeah, like I said, it's hard to tell because it's pitch dark, and they were just bright yellow lights. So, you know, you can't really judge distance. Folks, was... I'll tell you, <laughs> folks that are listening, you got to go out west. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed my time out there, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Are we ever going to prove any of this, Ike? Uh, now, you've, you've got your own, now your, your team consists of you and your daughter, I believe, correct? Yeah, at, at one point there was more of us, but people have lives and moved on, and I just recently got back into this. But yeah, my daughter, and of course my wife, she understands all this stuff too, and and, uh, but yeah, it's just basically me and my daughter now. Okay. Well, are we ever taking all the teams that are out there, all the folks that are either condu- conducting real investigations or just going out there for the thrill of it? Do you think we're ever going to come up with enough proof? In my heart, I would like to say yes. I mean, this is, it seems like it's happening more and more, and people are more accepting of it and they're more understanding of it. So eventually, I think something's going to break. I mean, even local news now. You know, has ghost stories. Oh yeah. Uh, so eventually, I think there's going to be some evidence um, that's going to come forth and maybe shed some light on all the stuff that's happening. Well, and that's what I'm hoping, and that's one reason why. And folks on the show have heard my mantra many times: standards and training. We've got we've got to get people trained up, and we've got to come up with a better plan to collect and preserve our evidence, with the hope of somehow proving this. Uh, and once again, as we kind of uh, we kind of turn the corner to the end of a, a really interesting show, I wish we had more time to talk in in detail about the things you've had. Um, want to thank you for your 26 years of service and you're coming to an Same end to at you. the end of this year. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor, stay out of it. Don't do what I did and <laughs> keep plucking at it. Yeah, I'm um, planning on it. But uh, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight. And uh, once again, folks, his uh, uh, IDK Paranormal on YouTube. Take a look at it. And I want to wish you a lot of luck. Keep investigating out there, Ike. And uh, all the best to you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for having me on your show. And folks, thank you for joining us. And we will see you again on the other side. Have a good night.
Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. 
Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save.